0: Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, the last Sunday in 2019. Wow. I mean, I can't believe we're approaching 2020. By the way, how, how many of you folks have made some type of New Year's resolution? Hold up your hand. How many of you already broke your New Year's resolution? On Christmas Day, I told Myra that in the month of January, I was going to lose 10 pounds. This morning, I told her I only had 15 more to go. <laughs> well, read with me Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17. He very, begins this passage rather point, pointedly. He says, you... Therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge. Would you underline that phrase? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. This morning, I I want to help equip you for the new year. We're leaving 2019. Next week, we step into 2020. And I want to talk to you a few minutes this morning about developing a personal growth plan. Don't don't get too excited, uh, I, you, you know that's really exciting. And you know, develop a personal growth plan. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Would you would you pray with me? Our Father, I pray as we meet in worship today. Lord, we thank you for the the beautiful music, and Lord, we thank you for Brooklyn and how she ministered to our hearts and. How Nathan has brought us into your presence through singing. And Lord, thank you for what we have felt in our hearts. Lord, thank you that you have moved in our midst already today. We ask you, oh God, to, to meet with us again in this second service. Lord, in hindsight, we 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 thank you, God, for 2019. But Almighty God, we we certainly look forward to the potential of 2020. God, help us to be excited about a fresh start, a new year, new growth, developing a a personal growth plan. Lord, I I pray that you, you help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Someone said, and I believe it was Peter Drucker, I have probably read this quote from 20 or 30 different authors, but I believe Peter Drucker said, personal growth is your only hope for a better tomorrow. Now, you, you think about that just for a few minutes. Personal growth is your only hope for a better tomorrow. So if, if you're not growing you're 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 dying. By the way, there's there's no such thing as accidental growth. You you need a plan. You need to be intentional and you need to grow on purpose. I'm talking about growth this morning, not so much about goals. By the way, I'm not criticizing goals. If you've set goals for 2020, thank God, that's wonderful. Don't go out of here and say, Brother Tim is against Christians having goals. I, I didn't say that. But I'm talking about growth this morning, and, and there, is a, there is a difference. Goals seem to focus on the destination, whereas growth seems to focus more on the journey the process. You know, goals give you motivation, but growth will give you maturity. Goals, you know, they they challenge people, but growth changes people. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about personal growth, a, a personal growth plan. You know, goals are seasonal. But yet, growth is something lifelong. For instance, have you ever saw a person meet their goals, they plateau, and they stop growing? Well, that's what happens. I I really want to emphasize the process of growing this morning. I want to talk to you about getting better. Because when you get better, listen to me, everyone else around you gets better. So I want to talk to you about developing a personal growth plan in 2020. I don't know about you, but at my age, around 41, what, what, Chelsea, what are you laughing for? I don't know about you, but at, at my age, I really want to be spiritually productive, fruitful. The more i grow the the more fruitful i become and i really want are are you listening i really want fruit that remains in 2019 i had a key word and it was the word intentional in 2020 my key word is fruitful i want to be productive i want to be fruitful for the lord jesus christ in 2020. And I I hope you you do. So so stay with me this morning and let's let's talk about a personal growth plan. Notice first of all in verse 17, we have a, a rather strong warning in verse 17. Would you circle the word beware? He says, beware lest you Fall, and this word beware functions as a warning or a word of caution to the believer. And in verse 17, Peter warns us of two dangers. Danger number one is you stop growing. So he says, beware lest, do you see it, you fall from your own steadfastness, you stop growing. Circle the word fall. It's the word ekpepto. It means to fall off, to fall down. It, it carries the idea of losing your effectiveness. The ESV translates this Greek phrase, you lose your, your own stability. So, So, stop and think with me. When you fall from your own steadfastness. You just kind of settle in for mediocrity, and you stop growing. Peter says, wait a minute, this is a huge danger, and he uses the word, beware. What a warning. You know, you and I become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and We're born into the family of God. We're spiritual infants. And the process, the journey begins, and we begin to grow. But as we grow, we settle for mediocrity. We no longer grow, and we're no longer moving, building our spiritual life like we should. And so Peter uses the word beware because it's, it's, it's a danger. And then secondly, there's danger number two in, in verse number 17. Danger number two is toxic people or toxic doctrine. Verse 17 says, being led away or seduced with the error or deception of the wicked. In other words, don't build your life around toxic, unhealthy believers. Why? Because they'll seduce you. They'll lead you away with their deception. And he describes them the deception of, or the error of the wicked, toxic people. So don't build your life around unhealthy people. Why does he give us this grave warning? Listen to me carefully. Do you understand you don't determine what you're going to be? You determine who you're going to be around. They help determine who you're going to be. What does Proverbs tell us? Proverbs 13:20, "He who walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed." Toxic, unhealthy people. So we, we see this warning. Beware. Stop growing. Number two, danger number two, you're influenced by toxic, unhealthy people. So we, we have the warning in verse number 17. But I want you to notice the command in verse 18. He begins verse 18 with a conjunction And he transitions, and he says, alternatively, he says, but grow in the grace. Circle the word grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The only verb in this passage is the word "oxano." grow in the grace and knowledge. So circle that word grow. How do scholars translate this word in the Greek New Testament? Hold your place in Second Peter. Put a bookmarker. Uh, last year's church bulletin. Put that in Second Peter chapter three. Turn over to Colossians chapter one, and I want you to see how. This word oxano grow is translated. It's translated throughout the Bible this way in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Turn there real quick. Keep your, your place in 2 Peter. In Colossians 1:10, notice he, he says two or three things. He he says that you may walk, number one, worthy of the Lord, number two fully pleasing him number 3 there's that word i love it being fruitful in every kalos ergon or good work and what's the next word increasing oxano same word translated grow in second peter 318 so this greek word oxano means to increase it means to grow ever Increasing, always growing in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Tim, what, what does that phrase, grow in the grace and knowledge, how do you define that theologically? Three, three words. The, the phrase, grow in grace, is what we call progressive Sanctification. You say, but brother Tim, explain to us that deep theological terminology. What is progressive sanctification? Progressive sanctification is moving toward Christ likeness. And as believers, we are commanded to grow or increase in the grace of and in the knowledge, progressive sanctification, move toward Christ-likeness. Notice, how do you move from spiritual infancy? When you're saved, you're described as being born again. You're a spiritual infant. How do you move to spiritual maturity? Well, you need an intentional spiritual growth plan. And that's what Peter is saying, grow in grace. Would you jot this down? Just just write it down, short little phrase. Maybe you'll remember it if, if if you jot it down. You can only grow as far as you know. Huh? You can only grow as far as you know. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so Peter gives us a command, and he tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need a personal Growth plan. We need a spiritual plan to grow our faith. So, so how do we do that? Can, can I just take just a, a few minutes this morning and give you four disciplines that will help you grow in the year 2020? A spiritual growth plan. Uh, I've, re- I've read this term from probably 50 different authors, it's called the hot poker principal. How how many of you folks have a fireplace? Got a fire pit? Oh, man, my children, my grandchildren, we love to sit around the, the fire pit, and we make manna. You know, we get those graham crackers, marshmallow, Hershey bars, and we make s'mores. Oh, man. And we have to keep the fire going. Wow. We'll sit there for hours and just hang out and just talk. Grandchildren running around and running through the fire, keeping them out of the fire. You've got to keep that fire burning. So you take the hot poker and you put that poker in the fire and you stir up those embers and you put more wood on the fire. It's the hot poker principle. I want to give you four of those this morning. Four disciplines. That will help you grow as a believer in the year 2020. Discipline number one, our personal growth plan must include the Bible. You say, Brother Tim, I already knew that. Well, did you read the Bible this morning? Shh, don't say anything. Did you read the Bible this morning? Turn, turn back to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Why should my personal growth plan include the Bible? You, you know what Luke tells us about the Bereans? He tells us the Bereans searched the Scriptures, how? Daily, whether those things were so. So, the Berean believers were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily. They did it every day. Look look at 1st Peter chapter 2. He's talking about growing. He says in 1st Peter chapter 2, "Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envying and all evil speaking. Notice verse 2, as newborn babes, what's the next word? Desire, circle the word desire. That means to intensely crave. Desire the pure milk of the word. Why? That you may oxano grow thereby or increase thereby. Why? Because the word of God Causes us to grow. I love what Job 23 12, 23, 12 says. Man, it stirs my heart. Job, Job said, I have treasured thy word more than my necessary food. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but we just come off Christmas and man, I love me some spinach dip. Amen? Man, I love turkey, and I like, you know, green bean casserole, and I I love broccoli casserole. Man, I love broccoli. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But here, you know what Job says? Job says, I have esteemed or I have treasured thy word, More than my necessary food. Oh my, I call that growth. My personal growth plan needs to include a craving, intense desire for the milk of God's Word. Write this down. You're going to do some homework today. This is a large classroom. A lot of people are traveling today. Today's a travel day. And so write this down. You're, it, it's good, good stuff. Think about it. I want you to write it down. Much of our sanctification, that's movement toward Christ-likeness, much of our sanctification, listen to me, write it down, lives within the nutrients of the Word of God. Why do you call it live? I thought about writing down the word lie or lies within. No, this book is living. Thy Word is life. And within this living Word are the nutrients for spiritual growth. But yet, that doesn't, you know, float our boat, so to speak. Methodology, intentionality. But we think there's accidental growth. No, we need to include the Word of God in our prayer. Discipline number one, we need in our personal growth plan the Word of God. Discipline number two, we're we're talking about the hot poker principle. Our personal growth plan must include prayer. Turn turn back to, to Psalm 55. David gives us some insight into his personal growth plan. He gives us some insight into his prayer life. And when I read this passage of Scripture and compare my prayer life to David's prayer life, I want to move and progress in my sanctification more toward Christ-likeness. Look, look what he says in Psalm 55 in, in verse number 17. The word evening, that, that's intentional. Beside the word evening, I wrote in my Bible intentional. Morning, I wrote down the word discipline and at noon i will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice prayer needs to be disciplined intentional purposeful how do you do that tim one of the best ways to do that is get you a prayer list make you a prayer list Pray for your family, pray for your children, pray for unsaved people. When God answers a prayer, I always write the date on my prayer list, and I color it in with a yellow highlighter, and I see the goodness of God because answering prayer is something that's normal in the Christian life. Would you you jot this down? I I know you don't like to write, but write it down. The secret sauce. Oh, aha. The secret sauce to spiritual growth lies within the word of God and prayer. Folks, I mean, how simple is that? Brother Tim, I want to be on stage. I want to be seen. I want to be known. We're talking about a personal growth plan, spiritual discipline, habits intention on purpose spiritual growth so the secret sauce is the word of god in prayer did did you know that there is absolutely no fruitfulness apart from prayer the longer i'm a believer in christ and the more i move slowly but surely toward the person of jesus christ in spiritual maturity I see that the only way to be fruitful as a believer is the Word of God and prayer. I love to read the New Testament. I love to read the Word of God. In fact, this morning, I finished my reading plan and and finished it this morning. I began on November the 1st, read through the New Testament, finished this morning reading through the Old Testament, just happened to be this morning, that's my daily reading plan. As I read through the New Testament, I, I read passages like this, "Man, it just strikes my heart. It burns a fire in my soul." In Proverbs 10, or excuse me, in, in Romans 10 in verse number one, Paul said, "My heart's desire for Israel." I pray that they might be saved. Let me ask you a question. You can measure your spiritual growth, your spiritual maturity by your heart's desire to want to see somebody saved. When was the last time you even entertained the thought of your children needing to be saved saved? Your spouse or your parents, your uncles, the person you work with, the people that you're near. Oh, Paul said, my desire, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel to be saved. Well, John chapter 15 is one of my favorite chapters in in all the Bible. John fifteen gives us five levels of fruitfulness. John is completely different than the synoptic gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those are the synoptic gospels. John is a standalone gospel, completely, completely different. I think that 96% of the content in the Gospel of John is not found in the synoptics. Very little parabolic language. There's no kingdom parables. Take the Gospel of John chapter 1. That first chapter, you can juxtapose it with Genesis chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and in the beginning was the Word. You know, and the Word created all things. It's like Genesis chapter one. The synoptic God uh, gospels don't start that way. Completely different. You have the the wedding you know, at Galilee where Jesus tur- turned the water into the wine, it's, it's not in the synoptics. Nicodemus in chapter 3, it's not in the synoptics. The woman at the well, chapter 4, it's, it's not in the synoptics. John is, is different. Hey, John 15 is not in the synop- synoptics. And John 15 gives us five levels of fruitfulness. Where do we begin? Well, no fruit. That's in verse 2. And then We have fruit, and then we progress to more fruit, and then we progress, number four, to much fruit, and then in verse number 16, we progress to fruit that remains. So, I want you to see the fruitfulness. Spiritual growth or increasing, oxano, is increasing in fruitfulness and becoming more like our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see something all fruitfulness is connected to the life of the vine and the life of the vine flows into the branches and by the grace of God the branches produce fruit What did Jesus tell those disciples as he was explaining to them about fruit bearing? He said to them, for without me, you can do nothing absolutely nothing. You can't do anything of spiritual significance without the word of God and without prayer. In verse number 17, man, I love it. Verse 17, man, it is so good. It lights my fire. Jesus said, if you abide in me, that's the little Greek word, minnow. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And in the context, he's talking about spiritual fruitfulness, letting the life of the vine flow into the life of the branch, producing other believers for the glory of God. The context is fruitfulness. Well, discipline number one is is prayer. I'm getting so excited, my ears are shrinking, and I'm coming out of my microphone. Discipline number three, write it down. Discipline number one, my personal growth plan, the Word of God. Discipline number two, get you a prayer list. Oh my, understand, you cannot live this thing called the Christian life apart from prayer. Discipline number three, our personal growth plan must include participation in the local church. T- turn, turn real quick back to, to Psalm 92. Man, I love Psalm 92. Look at it. I want your eyes to rest on what God is saying in Psalm 92. Can I t- tell you something that, that I hear quite often today among Christians? I hear people say, well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have to belong to a church to be a Christian. I said, that's, that's brilliant. I, I understand that. I've never said that you have to belong to a church to be a Christian. But I have said, you need to be a participant in a local church to be a good Christian. Yeah. Amen. Somebody ought to raise their hanky and start waving, you know, like at the old tent meetings years ago before we were so, you know. Look, you, you cannot be a good child of God apart from participation in the local church. Why, Brother Tim? You know what Paul told uh, Timothy? He said, I want you to ordain elders in every city i want local assembly of believers a place to equip where they learn to use their spiritual giftedness a place where they serve and glorify god you know every person in this room look at me you need a pastor can I tell you something? Man, I'm thankful that David Lemming is my pastor. I joined Lewis Memorial. I've been a part of Lewis Memorial Baptist Church since 1991, 92, beginning in 1992. And much of my spiritual growth and participation in the local church, I have gleaned from Pastor David Lemming. He has been my shepherd. He has been my pastor. Listen to me. Every believer needs a pastor, a part of a local church. And then they continue to argue, well, I don't need to be a part of a church. Well, I'll just say, do you know that baptism is a local church ordinance? Did you know that? But I think sometimes we minimize baptism so low that we forget that it is a local, local church ordinance. The Great Commission in the Bible says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Soma, singular name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a local church. Look look at Psalm 92. Look at verse number 13. I wish that I could give you some of his Hebrew lyrics and how this psalm is laid out as a chism. Notice he says in in verse 13, he says, those who are, circle the word planted in the house of God. That's what God wants you to do. You need to get planted. What happens to them? Shall flourish in the courts of God. Verse 14, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Hmm, that, that doesn't include me. But no, go on. He, he says in verse 14, they shall be fresh, not stale, but flourishing. L- look at the order. Verse 13, you get planted. And then when you get planted, he says, you flourish When you get planted and you begin to flourish, you have fruit. And then he says, when you get planted, you'll flourish, you bear fruit. He says, you'll be fresh. And then he says, you won't wither. You won't grow stale. Stale Christians are the ones who fall into the cycle of mediocrity. And they accept the status quo. And they no longer grow and increase in the knowledge of God. I'm going to say something that maybe you disagree with, but I want to give you some statistics. I always encourage believers to participate in the larger gathering and to participate in a smaller group. That's, that's the Acts chapter 2 model if you, you know me very well, you, you know I'm a research kind of guy. I understand what it means to put in credible research with the FDA, have that approved and, or disapproved. I, I love research. Rayner Research discovered church members who faithfully attend the Sunday worship service and a small group Bible study, were five times more likely to be active in the church five years later compared to the worship attenders only. In fact, the numberings were so staggering. More than 83% of those who joined and were involved in a small group were still active in their churches. But those who just went to church and weren't involved in a small group, only 16% of them were still, they grew stale. They fell from their own steadfastness. Look, you need the local church. Discipline number four. I'm leading you somewhere. We're going to close. We begin our personal growth plan with the Word of God. We journey to this matter of prayer, what it means to pray. And then we want to become discipline number three. We, we, we want in our personal growth plan, we want to be planted in the local church. Discipline number four. Oh my, our personal growth plan must include. Are you listening? I love it. Our personal growth plan must include missionary movement. Did you know what the first word of the Great Commission is? Stay! Never talk to anybody. Just stay. Be self-centered. Love yourself! By the way, that's a description of American culture. We could care less about anybody else. But you know what Jesus said? He looked at Those 12 men that he chose as disciples. You know what he said to them in Matthew 4 19? They had no idea what he was talking about. They were just converted to Christ. He said, Guys, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Oh my, you get into the Word of God. And you begin to pray for productivity and fruitfulness. And you begin to pray for people to get saved. And you're planted in the local church. And you begin to flourish. And you begin to grow. And you see that God wants you to become a fisher of men. And then you begin to be turned inside out. And you no longer see yourself. But you begin to see people. People. And you begin to have a, a heart. For people, can, can I tell you something that happens when you grow in your spiritual life? Listen to me. Please listen to what I'm saying. I beg you. There is absolutely no such thing as spiritual maturity or being like Jesus. There's no such thing as being like Jesus and not being a missionary. Jesus was the consummate missionary as the Father sent me. He looked at the disciples and he said, so send I you. Can you imagine? Who were the replacements of Jesus after he died on the cross? Was it a bunch of religious people, Pharisees, Sadducees? No, it was a bunch of fishermen. You know, some some carpenters. A thief like Matthew Levi, and he turned the church over to them. And he said, I will make you to become fishers of men. And the more you move to the heart of God, you become not so much an individual, but you become a people. Person, and you begin to see that this thing we call the Christian life is all about people. For God so loved the world. Can I tell you what that word cosmos means? It means people, people, people. You can't be like Jesus and not be a people person. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, a, a few months ago, I spoke up uh, at Appalachian Bible College to, at a men's conference. I had them to, to take a piece of paper. Uh, you know, the Bible likens this increase, oxenio, you know, from infancy to spiritual maturity. I asked them to, to draw a picture. What does that look like? My son is a construction has construction and and you, you go into his office in Peachtree City, Georgia. he has hundreds and hundreds of all these architectural drawings. I said to these guys, "Draw me a picture of spiritual maturity." They began to chew on their fingernails and you know they began to look around and see what everybody else and Look, what is spiritual material? What does it look like? It looks like Jesus. Jesus. So as you're growing in this progressive sanctification, You need the Word of God because He's the living Word. You need prayer because without Him, you can do nothing. You need the local church, and you need a pastor because you need that accountability. And as you move toward the heartbeat of God, your heart will impulse for mission, mission, mission. I can tell you today, as you grow in Jesus, you're an introvert, but as you become more like Jesus... It's all about people. People. Say it with me. People. 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 And if you're not careful, they'll get on you. That's why we avoid people. Right? You ever saw anybody and you, you avoid them? We need a flesh, fresh clarity, fresh vision, fresh fire, fresh Fruit, oh my, the old crusty, moldy bread of last year. We can't live on that productivity. We need something fresh from Almighty God. And it's in the same place it's always been. It's been through the vine of His Word, the vine of prayer, the local church. And then God develops your heart like His for all mankind.